0: undergoing testing and that's about all there are on the planet
1: oh no there's way more than that on the planet well but i can assure you of that
0: but it's in in terms of again that's what i could find i mean you know and there's i'm sure there's the ones they built before those four that didn't work as well and so on and i'm sure other people are working on it but there's not there's not 40 of them sitting in a military parking lot somewhere to send to ukraine that's
1: a problem um i think Having a continuous energy source available for a laser of, of that type is an issue. And um, whether or not you're using your laser to interfere with the optics on some kind of weapon or the optics on a drone versus whether you're using a, a much more powerful laser to actually cut it out of the sky is the issue. Well, and you know,
0: at one range, at short range, you might be able to do one and the long range the other. But I mean, it's, it, it's just about as militarily useful to fry the optic as it, as it is to shoot it down. Because I mean, sure. the, op- the optic pro- is probably, you know, 85% of the cost of the whole thing. I mean, the other things that go into these things are not all that, not all that expensive, but the optics just,
1: you know. Well, and and what I was getting at is um, any, any laser needs a power source. And uh, if you have a, a fixed location that you're trying to defend, like Kiev, you can set up some perimeter type stuff and maybe hook it into the power grid and and you've got a, a steady power source to have a very powerful energized beam. But if you're trying to do something on the fly to defend some troops, um, economics and mobility and uh, sustainability for a energy source becomes an issue. Yeah. So we're, we're getting a yeah. ton kind of Star Wars here, but well, you, you made that point. It's, it's not something that's currently fielded uh, and in use for... Yeah, yeah.
0: They in have four parts. of them. They claim work, but they're they're in the testing phase, and they are mobile units with a 50-kilowatt laser. I, do, I have not seen published. The, um... There's
1: more than that around. Uh, Portland, I think you're back. I, I know a little bit about uh, lasers that are being deployed in various aspects of the United States military, only because I went to college with an electrical engineer who peripherally uh, had some interaction with that type of stuff. But did we lose Portland?
2: I thought um, the U.S. Navy had some uh, lasers deployed already on some of their ships, like operational.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure the Air Force has some as well, but I, I don't think they're necessarily uh, offensive. They're more of a defensive nature. But,
3: so uh, another thing I want to say, the post that Brad put in the nest about a possible evidence of an attack on Snake Island, that's the firm's data from the oil rig that, that's lighting up in red. That's not Snake Island. It's too far out. Okay. And there's no, there there hasn't been and there is currently no uh, firm's, uh, you know, um, uh, data on Snake Island. There's nothing that's coming back as a fire on Snake Island.
1: Um, I think we lost
4: Portland. Yeah, I'm just going to follow up that there is nothing indicating that there are strikes on Snake Island, but we will know tomorrow when the next satellite passes happen.
5: Gentlemen, um, can someone uh, maybe give a summary for those who missed what supposedly happened of what supposedly happened and what actually happened last night? And by last night, I mean the past 12 hours.
1: Uh, Putin went on national television and announced a full withdrawal. I'm kidding, sorry. I I probably shouldn't have made that uh, gag on you, Doman. That was not funny. I, I've i been on here for a while. Please forget. He gave up Kaliningrad? Yeah. He wants to cede Kaliningrad to Lithuania. He heard uh, there's uh, a gentleman in Tallinn that's uh, rather formidable, sounds like Stewie, and uh, he doesn't want to mess with that. I thought Poland and Lithuania could split it. You
5: guys, I... nobody wants it. Sorry for the strong language, but nobody wants it. It's just Russians there now. The only people who want it back are, I don't know, probably Axel and Patrick Hawks. Um, Lithuania doesn't want it because it doesn't want to have a giant Russian minority suddenly. Poland doesn't want it because it was never really Polish, kind of. It was always really German. If you look at the history of Kaliningrad, it was a German city up until 1945-1944 and then it got turned to rubble by the Red Army and then all the Germans were you know, either deported or killed and now it's basically just Russians. Nobody wants it. It's a hyper-militarized Russian outpost on an ice-free port. Well, two ports, actually.
4: Doman, agree 100%. It's just like the little strip in Moldovia, um, Transnistria. It's, it's the same thing. It's what they do. It,
5: it's not the same thing, because like Mold- Moldova actually wants to have territorial integrity. But Kaliningrad wouldn't bring anyone else to territorial integrity. Now, the way to go for Kaliningrad is an actual, you know, independent country, free port, whatever, maybe. Uh, Apparently, uh, the Livonian Order of the Brothers of the Sword Sword might want it back. Maybe they can run it. That'd be good. I'm up for that.
4: But Doman, would you agree that
5: Kaliningrad is just
4: a Soviet-era doctrine land grab? To secure a
1: position.
5: Right. To secure a nice report, yes. I concur.
1: Much like uh, what's going on in the Black Sea.
4: Yes, this idea of, uh, you know, even in Donbass, separatists want to, you know, somehow um, liberate themselves from Ukraine. Uh, Kaliningrad or. Um...
3: But Doman, to ask your question or to answer your question you were asking what have you missed in the last 12 hours and then we kind of cut onto this um i, I guess one of the biggest controversies was uh or and still is has take island been hit by these purported multiple uh strikes uh heard and seen from uh from land and uh until now there was uh no evidence of it um apparently some satellite passes that were released today showed no evidence of it um and uh walter just broke into the space a couple of uh, moments ago and posted to the nest some stills of uh of some tb2 footage that uh, is claimed to be uh, from these new strikes that uh, uh, were so far un, um, you know, no evidence for, and uh, so the that, that's what everybody's been kind of recently talking about. Is this new uh, new strike or is this old footage?
1: It looks like it's old footage to me. Uh, somebody tagged me in a post uh, showing what appears to be the same uh of what was the first image that was posted back in may so this is a previous strike uh, potentially recycled footage
3: and then i'm not sure what blake uh has his hand up he might have something to add to yeah that.
6: it was about that post which seems to have disappeared from the nest now the guy said it was from may 20th or maybe even earlier i believe and he showed the exact image dated from previous um and i know there were oil rigs that were hit that might have been some of the explosions that were seen.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, initial one, excuse me, the one that had the, the firm's imagery or the the overlay that looked like an explosion, uh, somebody mentioned that it was too far out to be Snake Island. Uh, I'm not sure what time of day the, the oil platforms were hit, but that wasn't the oil platforms either. So whatever that... Okay, so there's a,
6: a mystery explosion right now?
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm not sure that was even an explosion. Uh, It looked a little weird, and it would be uh, an extreme coincidence for them to pick up an explosion with an optical satellite. I mean, if they had a firm's firm's imagery is one thing, but uh, to actually have a visual spectrum image would be another thing entirely. That would be a damn lucky satellite path.
3: And speaking to uh, or chatting with Portland earlier, I think – Uh, One question he has is, I guess there's a missing, is there a missing ship, the Makarov, that has not been seen, uh, confirmed to be seen in port recently? So, you know, is there speculation that
1: that that
3: could have been related to the missing Makarov? Who knows?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's one thing uh, John confirmed. I think you were already off for the evening, Doman. Uh, Apparently... The Ukrainian Defense Ministry is counting one less ship in the Sevastopol fleet as of a few hours ago. Uh, I don't know if they specified exactly which one, but they uh, apparently have five that can fire missiles now instead of six. And I think John has already gone to bed for the evening, or he could give you better specifics on that.
5: Okay, but that could just be the... uh... The tug, right? Um, guys, I'm getting—I'm literally inundated by people who are telling me, "Look, the stills come from a thing from May. It's—it's uh, it's not important. It's all—it's all old, right? That's what—that's what people are telling me. So uh, I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be too uh, caring about any of that. Um, like I—I'm literally being bombarded from different people. Thanks, guys. Um. So nothing happened with the fleet, obviously, right? No landing that was theorized. No,
1: no, yeah, no, no uh, amphibious assault or invasion announced in Odessa. The beaches are safe. Um, I think the uh, what do you call that? The river estuary. You mean no, the
5: the the joint the, the delta. The Nebuch estuary. Yeah, I was I was the... going to say the the um... delta from Nikolai have already merged into a big sort of big estuary that's really silted up and lots of sand spits and stuff, right? And yeah. what you're looking at.
3: The, the only thing that happened that has any kind of, you know uh, data to back it up, firms data to back it up, is the oil rigs does seem to have been been hit and uh had quite a uh
1: quite a, a fiery uh death platform. Um Portland, I think we have uh is Portland back up? Yeah. So I don't know if your audio has synced yet, Portland, but if it has, I think we have already debunked the uh, Snake Island imagery. Somebody found a very similar photo that was published in May from uh, one of the British newspaper outlets. So it seems that that may have been a recycled image. Yeah, that was the conclusion I came to
3: as well. Much to my chagrin, I was really hoping that island went
1: down. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, all that said, the uh, those oil platforms, or excuse me, the gas platforms, I should be more clear, very definitely did get hit. And I saw some reporting on that, that uh, there were in excess of 100 uh, gas platform employees and over 20 uh military operations people involved in that and only a handful of those had been recovered thus far so and when i say a handful i think they were reporting that five so yeah where abounds in the black sea the last 72 hours
3: um i'm not sure what's going on to be honest
1: (laughs) blake uh well blake and gurney both Popped up same time. Like, go ahead, then, Kearney.
6: Yeah, um, just kind of different subjects here, and I don't. Sorry if you guys talked about this recently. Um, I wanted to see if you guys had more info on kind of what's going on in Kherson. I just read about Russian soldiers being shot while in a cafe by a partisan there, and um, I saw some videos that looked like Ukraine was pressing up closer to Kherson right now. Is that is that right?
1: Uh, I would be interested to uh hear more about the russian partisan or the russians being shot in a cafe by some partisan
6: is this brian talking yes sorry yes it is. okay i'll yes. send you a little link to it um if your dms are open or i'll tweet it to you either way
1: hang on i'll uh i'll open my dms to you there we go uh, gurney go ahead um, and hey. i i don't know anything about uh the other info and curse on maybe gurney can uh, fill us in there
7: uh, which, which part of Kherson. I was going to, there was two different things I was going to mention, but, uh, uh, I think there was a report, um, that there was partisan activity. I heard that, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think there's anything to support that per se that I've seen. Um, and then the other one with, with Kherson is, yeah, you know, everything again on those fronts is, is moving back and forth. Uh, but the general consensus seems to be that they're pushing closer, uh, Snehervika Snee uh, and, and, uh, da, you know, past Davided David Brid, but that's all I have. But, um, no, what I, what I came to, uh, uh, what I was going to say, there's two different points. I was going to say one was a question, uh, if Portland's still here a question about 40 Mike, Mike, but I think he dropped down. So I'll wait till he, uh, if he comes back to ask him that it was just a uh, assembly on some, some, there was some grenade rounds that they were assembling, by hand uh, and 3D printing some parts on, so I just want to ask him a question on that.
1: Perfect. Um, I think I saw an improvised RPG the other day that was made out of a mortar round. Uh, did you see that one as well, Gurney?
7: Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if it was a, a mortar round or I was looking at uh um, Ukrainian domestically produced type grenade or a Russian type grenade um, and what I was seeing, they were they had an assembly line set up you know, a handmade assembly line where they were, it looked like they were transplanting fuses. They were taking fuses from, from one type of grenade. uh, And they were sort of deconstructing a different type of grenade. Uh, And it looked like they were merging them back together. And then on the end of that, they had 3d printed fins, and then they were attaching the 3d printed fins to it. So they came up with basically a, you know, a, a Frankenstein of, of, um what looked like the warhead from one primary grenade or or mortar type round uh what looked like the fuse or detonator from something else and then uh, a longer a much longer 3d printed fin that was almost about a f- looked like about a foot long to stabilize it so i was pretty impressed by it
1: i wonder how well these uh aerodynamic fins would perform under the stresses of rocket fuel quite literally
7: uh oh no um so these were so maybe these are two different things because these were the ones that were dropped from the drones these are the ones specifically uh, okay. that were dropped from I, the
1: I got you they yeah they're making these uh, RPG IEDs excuse excuse me they're making drone IEDs.
7: yeah I mean it looked quite the the not only the assembly line that they had I it not this is not full scale production assembly line I mean this is more like cottage industry but still assembly line. Um, and then, you know, you can combine that with some other evidence to see that, uh, some of these quadcopters, they have, uh, they place three of them. They're, they're able to get the weight of three of them on there and the actuators to release three. So with one quadcopter, they can either drop, uh, one or two rounds. If, if two doesn't do the trick, uh, they have a third or they can go to another target with a third, but pretty, pretty, you know, uh I say boutique it's uh you know cottage industry stuff that's that's pretty lethal
1: yeah i uh, I've just in the last week seen two or three more of those uh drone cam who have over the top uh patrol infantry and this in drop one of the things on his head and uh I suspected at first that those were just gonna be you know a few rookies, but it seems like uh they've been successful technique but it it's uh been expanding been expanding it to you maybe that's just a function of uh, uh the war footage that that filters its way onto some of the telegram channels i don't know
7: you you broke up a little bit i'm sure the audience i i can hear you but i'm sure the audience did so i i can't
1: um i'm not sure what you said mic check mic checks fine uh my headset died again so my wireless earbuds died again, so I had to go back to uh, speakerphone. So you probably lost my audio as well. Sorry. I thought uh... no.
7: No, I was just, I was just just saying I was just impressed with uh, um with those drones and and even some other stuff was showing uh how they were redoing some stuff. They 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 were using the auxiliary light function on some of these to uh to act as the circuit um meaning I'm, I'm sure they have a light that energizes a circuit but instead of doing the light when they tap you know because it's built into the software um so built into the software they can you know send a a software signal that says turn on the auxiliary light or or light and instead of doing that um they have it rewired somehow to their actual. release the switch or their... yeah yep that's a perfect one very impressive I mean, then when i com- when i compare it to the uh seeing the russian version of it um they took a smaller quadcopter, and they uh, they they took a regular anti-personnel grenade. And then it looks like they took a different one that I'm not familiar with, but it looks like some sort of contact or percussion grenade. And they basically have the two of them taped together. And I, I don't know how it was even going to be released from the quadcopter, other than maybe they were going to crash the, the quadcopter. Um, it, it looked very clunky um and then the thought process was the the one grenade was going to detonate the other um but it'd be highly unlikely that that would happen but anyways yeah it's just kind of night and day it's just uh, i it just boggles my mind that um you know <laughs> they they both know the playbooks they both have access to the same you know the same uh grenade rounds uh yet they come up with two completely different
1: solutions one effective and the other <laughs> i don't even know Yeah, for for having such a bloodlust, they sure do suck at uh, engineering their methods for killing. And I'm talking about the orcs, not the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians have uh, a very efficient method of using these home-built drones to uh, drop mortar rounds through sunroofs or within literally a couple of feet of uh, someone's footsteps.
6: Yeah, just to chime in here, I felt the Russians, they're advanced system, quote-unquote, was putting a grenade in a plastic cup. So then when it fell, the grenade would come out of the
7: cup, explode. It was pretty pathetic. Now, you know, I, I have some funny input on that one. So I I initially thought the same thing. It, it, it is, in the grand scheme of things, pretty, pretty pathetic. Um, but at least that one that they did, I thought that was pretty clever because anybody could do that out of a house. Like, you know, oh, hey, here's a mug on the... True. Oh, hey, here's a mug on the counter. Okay, let's just duct tape it in here, pull the pin out. Okay, great. You know, they drop it, the mug cracks open, whatever, whatever. Um, Not elegant, but I thought, wow, okay, that's, you know, that's Battlefield improvisation. But then you're right. When you compare something like that to being the status quo (laughs) or closer to the status quo versus... Um, you know, versus what you're seeing on the, the Ukrainian side for the for the drones and the quadcopters, just night and day difference. But nonetheless, I, I still got to give credit where credit's due. That that mug was uh, an interesting one, and I, I probably wouldn't have thought of that at first, but that mug one is clearly better than duct taping two of these grenades together uh, and hoping that one is the detonator for the other.
0: Yeah,
6: and either way, it inflicts, you know, kind of terror, just knowing that you could have that dropped on you at any time, even if it's not overly effective it's the psychological aspect of it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Do we have systems in the US to take down drones like that? Because it seems like this is going to be a huge part of warfare moving forward. And that's really scary
7: stuff for infantry, I'd imagine. Um I think I, I, I was going to repeat it. I think they had a segment earlier where they were talking about uh they were talking about some different methods uh for that. Uh I think counter battery was was mentioned as a radar source. Uh, and I think they were talking about um, uh, some directed energy. Uh, you'll see those antenna guns. Uh, directed energy is not the right word, but um, it it it
8: uh, yeah,
7: overrides. The, yeah, it, it basically overrides the the control signals, and the drone is is either gonna uh, return to base on its own if it's capable of that, or it's gonna even override the, the GPS portion of the spectrum too on top of it. But yeah, basically, you know, yeah, an, an uncontrollable drone at that point essentially. Yeah, I've seen Ukraine using a lot of man
6: pads, or not man but on um, the, uh, the thing. Or um, just seems like kind of a waste
7: in a way. Uh no. Well, I'm sure they're using that too because I've seen the reports. Um, they have been getting. Um, I don't know the quantities. They've been getting those. Um, they look like uh, a an, an old Yagi type antenna, basically, or two of them. Uh, these are directional antennas. Uh, on and, and they just end up. Putting it on the end of like a, a 3D printed thing that looks like a gun, so that they have a, a you know a palm grip and a, and a trigger to activate the system, and then there's some battery packs built onto it, so it looks big and clunky. But essentially, you know, it's a it's a directed antenna, so they can um, release power. I'm assuming in pulses and stuff. But uh, I've seen a few of those around there. Um, you know, nobody nobody talks or knows about what um, what exactly you know what what the specs are for it um, but I'd have to imagine that it's it's interrupting the signals for the drone so it's completely it's non-kinetic it's it's not wasting a, a sting around so that big black bulky gun kind of looks like a I don't
6: know a gun you would think would be like out of a video game I think I've seen one picture of a Ukrainian soldier with one
7: yeah, I'm not sure why they've over the years taken the shape of of a gun. <laughs> I mean, it could probably just as well be a backpack with some sort of uh, you know wand-looking device. It just it's. I'm gonna chuckle because I've I've seen them repeatedly like molded, not molded, but um, you know, the, there's like a plastic body handle that looks like a gun. So maybe that's just a, a design thing. People have been. Uh, following or copying for for a few years, but that seems to be what it is. Yeah, it, it looks like a gun, um, and you can, but you can clearly see on the end of it, there's um, there's usually two or three antenna, uh, directional antenna that
4: are you know underneath a plastic shroud. Gurney, do we have any reports of the as of fighters that are held in captivity in possibly Luhansk or even Russian territories? Um, is there anything to report on that front? Uh I don't have anything
7: liberal, unfortunately. Um that's a bit of a sore subject for me. Um, you know, I, I in in my book, no news is good news, actually, if it comes to um if it comes to captivity, but um but yeah, I, I haven't heard. I
6: just have input on that. Uh yesterday it said Tass. Uh, TAS, so take it as you well reported earlier that they had been sent to Russia for a criminal investigation.
4: Yeah, I worry about the Azov fighters because they're going to get the worst of the worst. Um, oh, yeah, they're
6: they're going to call them Nazis is what they're going to do and try to make a big show of it.
4: Yeah, and they're going to get like the worst abuse possible. It fucking pisses me off. But in other news, um, the nurse paramedic that was um, flying around Mariupol while the shit was going down was return to Ukrainian authority and uh, apparently she's doing well. So that makes me so unhappy. happy, but I always think about the, as fighters. I think uh, Euler has had their hand up.
5: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go to Euler. Maybe Euler wants to talk about the seven bridges, you know, since. Uh, Hi, i is got the, the
8: reference. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to talk about math today. Um, uh, just a, a comment on the quadcopters. So, from what I understand, uh, what I've seen as well, um, if you put a quad high enough, uh, you can't see it and you can't hear it. So, um, you know, the uh, the infantrymen um, will only be able to engage a thing like that if they can hear and see it. Uh, second, there's more question. Um, in the case where you can see and hear it, uh, why wouldn't a shotgun with a reasonably low spread work to neutralize these quadricopters, um, especially the Mavericks are extremely, um, uh, the, the manufacturing is, is, uh, it's lightweight materials. So it's, it doesn't take a lot of force to, to destroy it. Gurney. Yeah. So, um,
7: that's a, you know, uh, I, to, to anyone out there who's used a shotgun, um, two, two things are going to sort of be apparent here. Um, yeah i guess the 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 concept seems sound um uh, until you realize the the height now some of these quadcopters um are flying higher uh, but just to put it in perspective when when you know even if we see something uh that we think isn't high you know it might still be at at 100 hundred feet hundred fifty feet right? even though it's you know not as visible, we might think, oh, okay, that's not that high, but it's 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 higher than we think, and then other things um that we can't see we we don't realize, whoa, that's you know that's really high, that's like four hundred feet or even maybe even five hundred feet, like you know um so just getting back to the the question of the shotguns um you're shooting straight, you're gonna i'm I'm assuming the angle of your shot is gonna be pretty high, so you're going against gravity much much more than you are if you're taking a, hor- a more horizontal shot with a shotgun. So um, so let's focus on the on the barrel length of the shotgun, the, the choke that's on the end of it. Um, and I'm assuming you're going to need something that spreads. So you're going to need a bunch of smaller pellets to get the spread range that you need. So what happens when you do that, you lose the kinetic energy in each of those. So if you use something like bird shot or whatever, you can only do so many things to, to up the up the kinetic energy you can make the 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 powder bigger uh, you can make the barrel a little bit longer to hold the pressure a little bit longer um, and you can use a choke on the end of it to sort of focus uh, but no matter what you do if you're talking about something that disperses like birdshot um, it's just not going to compete against gravity so you're not, you're not going to be able to impart enough kinetic energy into the sky so if you said well, I, I think I can reach out and touch that, and it was at 150 feet. It's going to be pretty hard um, for you to impart enough kinetic energy uh, up there. And so if there's, you know, some turkey hunters or anywhere, you know, you tell me somebody who could make the make a shot uh, accurately at, at, you know, uh, 150 yards, 200 yards with a shotgun. Uh, you know, we're not talking a rifle or a slug, and then that's the reverse problem. You can impart kinetic energy, uh, but you're never going to hit the the object itself um i mean maybe if we get some of those world-class skeet shooters out here um but most of the I, I would have to from from what i can see of of the quadcopters and the octos um those things have have no problem going up to um, 500 800 feet um unless there are wind up there and, and still being able to, to see relatively what they need to um so i just i mean I doubt most of these are flying, you know, within fifty to a hundred feet of uh of people. And even something at a at a hundred yards above you. Uh you know, that's still gonna be pretty hard for you to uh impart enough energy onto that quadcopter, but I doubt most of them are, are flying at a hundred yards.
8: Okay. I was uh I I suspected that could potentially be why. Um so even if you use uh, larger steel walls as your um, um, what's it called buckshot, sorry, I'm not a firearms expert. Yeah, um, with uh, multiple uh, consecutive shots, that will also not work. Well, so
7: so here's so so they're they're at odds with each other. You can use larger, you can use larger shot um right but what happens is is you get less shot out of it so you get bigger diameter balls but you pack less of them because no matter what you're going to have you're going to come up against the fundamental end is the the actual shotgun shell can only be so big right can only carry so much um and at a 12 gauge it's already you know if, if you've shot a 12 gauge it's it's kicking you back pretty good just from the kinetic energy alone that you're sending out so if you increase the shot weight, um, and diameter, you decrease the number of those available in the shell. So, okay, that's great. It can go further, but here's what happens. You don't get the spread, right? So if you can imagine at a hundred yards, uh, it started as a, as a small cone, but now at a hundred yards, um, you know, those balls could miss each other by, by, you know, several feet and never hit the object you're you're looking for. So you, so, what you don't get is you don't get the spread coverage that you need from a lot of smaller um, balls. But when you go with a smaller shot, you don't have the kinetic energy to impart uh, at a distance like that. So ultimately, you could put a slug into a shotgun, which is essentially a large caliber rifled type bullet. Um, and sure, yeah, you seen can that. reach. Yeah, you could reach out and touch it, but again, it's an accuracy thing. You have one round now versus, you know, uh, versus 150 pellets that that you would have had.
8: Okay, thanks. Good answer. Much appreciated. One of our um, Ukrainian
5: servicemen who was up was telling us that one of the things they do is they use sort of like machine guns, uh, the ones belt fed machine guns sometimes to take down drones. Um, is that a better solution in some way? That seems particularly wasteful, because um, you know they they end up putting a whole lot of uh, bullets up in the sky. Well,
7: I mean, if if I didn't know what that drone was going to bring, if it was spotting artillery, um, or if it had a you know had a grenade on it, I guess either way, in my head, my my answer would be, uh, it seems well worth it for me uh, to use a machine gun. And, and and the reason I say that is because usually, not always, but usually, if you're shooting a machine gun. You've probably loaded tracer rounds um, in your ammunition. Now, there's reasons you you wouldn't if you don't want to, you know, for for if you don't want to be seen in reverse. But machine guns are, are you know, n- notoriously inaccurate when you're firing firing them on on full automatic. So you fire them in bursts. Um, but even with that, you know, they still bounce around a lot. Just the nature of of usually the the bolts and the way that a machine gun operates an automatic machine gun, usually larger caliber, uh, they're they're inherently um, less accurate so you put so what i'm saying is, so you end up putting tracer rounds in there um you know like every fifth shot or whatever and you're not necessarily aiming through uh, a sight or a scope you're aiming by watching where you're shooting you're sort of walking it in um and the, and the reason why i think it's actually uh valid is because uh it's probably a little bit easier to walk machine gun fire onto a drone because you can basically see it. So, so in your head, if you're thinking like a, uh, you know, a world war two video where you're watching maybe uh, some anti-aircraft fire, or you're, you're, you're watching, you know, a, a plane uh, shoot another plane. You can see some tracers out like those, those planes are, are using tracers. Now those are much different uh, dynamics going on bigger rounds, but I guess, you know, if, if I had access to a reliable supply of ammo, I I'd, I'd probably want to take a shot at that because if it's up there and and they're trying to sight for artillery, well, it's a bad day if you don't get it. So, you know, I I, I, I don't know how much they'd have to, to waste getting it there. It, it seems like um, I, I, the drones don't seem to be able to maneuver. Uh, um Meaning I, I don't know if they always know they're being shot at. So I would think if it's you know, as long as the drone is is not like uh in motion going to an object at its fastest speed, you know, taking some sort of straight line uh to get somewhere, I would assume that if the drone is hovering looking for targets, um and it's reasonably close, I would I would think with some of the the middle caliber machine guns nothing super big like you wouldn't use i wouldn't use a 50 cal um m- maybe um but i would think with some of the, the 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 medium calibers you could do it i mean the other route to go is if they have 50 caliber ammunition if they have um uh 50 caliber ammunition of of the right type uh they could i mean they could also I, I don't know what their stocks are. I, I don't know what they have for actual anti-aircraft, you know, where the the shell actually um, you get some explosion and some shrapnel off the actual shell itself. Um, but I, yeah, I'd use, I'd, I'd actually, I know it sounds kind of a dumb, I would use a, I would use a machine gun on one of those, or at least try to, even if I, even if I fail.
5: So how, how many, okay, this, this these are going to be really silly questions cause... I know nothing about this stuff, but basically quadcopters or, or um, helicopter equivalent type drones, right? Those are going to be a lot easier to take down with this, I would presume, than a fixed wing because they fly a lot slower and they're a little bit more stationary and it's maybe harder to predict where they're going to go, but easier to not miss it just because it's much slower. Would that be right? I don't know. Or is it more like ski shooting and it'd be easier to take a fixed wing because the, fi- the flight path is more predictable?
7: So, so I'm I'm gonna have to speculate a bit to answer that because I've I've never <laughs> I've never had the luxury or or the the um, awful experience of of having to shoot at at one of these things. Um, I would my 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 gut tells me that it's probably easier um, if they're if they're both at the same height. That it's probably easier to take out a quadcopter if it's not actively maneuvering um if it's not actively moving um because the fixed wing stuff you know it's it's basically circling around a point and even if you think it's not moving that fast i mean it's moving you know even if it's moving 30 miles an hour to generate some lift off of it that's still pretty hard you know it's <laughs> still pretty hard to shoot at an object doing even you know 30 miles an hour and they're small objects right so um but but i don't you know it if if you connect with any of these, I'm I'm sure they're gonna um come down, especially the smaller versions of these. But um but again, that's not you know, those those larger fixed wing drones, I, I can't really say. I think those are at a much higher altitude to begin with um and they might be able to take a few shots uh to some of the structure without uh falling out of the sky whereas the, the quadcopters are, are pretty susceptible even if you knock off one of those propellers or, or one of the struts i mean everything has to be pretty much balanced um or else it, it can't really compensate itself so you know and then and, and it's a whole bunch of propellers so you don't even have to hit like you know the 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 you know with that propeller spinning you you get as in essence um a larger target to shoot at if you have eight of those going right in it and it covers the the circle of the blade that's spinning around um so i i would think my gut tells me probably probably quadcopter
5: what's the range for these machine guns like how far away can the drone? because i'm guessing the, the range is attenuated severely because you're shooting more up than than horizontal which i'm guessing is probably you know Shortening the range because gravity—that—that's—that's that's as far as I can get. But how how far can yeah, the um, to be and still I, get it I, down I, with the machine? It, it,
7: yeah, it's it's so it's still going to go up. It's yes, you're you're right because I cause I just mentioned that with the shotgun shells, um, but it's different because you're imparting you're imparting a lot more energy, uh, the weight of of the actual round itself, right? So I don't think there's a problem with the machine gun reaching these um, so much as it is the machine gun actually connecting with one of these right that's that's what's going to be harder um uh but but your ability to impart that kinetically yeah and still go against gravity sure it's not going to go as far you know if the machine gun says okay this is good for 2000 you know 2000 meters uh you know as max distance that doesn't mean you're going to hit anything at at 2000 meters right like incredibly hard to (laughs) shoot that accurate that's just that's just you know the maximum range you can probably get that that bullet to travel before its its ballistic trajectory, you know, basically falls back to the ground. But I but but I do think um I know we're asking this question about that. I I've seen some of their units having those um electronic um anti-drone devices. So I don't know how prevalent they are
5: of some sorts, right?
7: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure different versions operate on on different principles. Um but but what i think they're predominantly and again i don't know so if anyone knows again i'm just this is not my element dom's asking me some questions here um so i'm just going to speculate here for the for the benefit of the audience um i think they they uh override uh, they they um cause the drone to lose its connection so if you're if you have too much if you have too much signal around that drone um, it can't communicate. It can't, you know, the 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 noise is increased, and the drone can't communicate with its receiver. Um, I'm sure some of them also mess with uh, the frequencies of the GPS again, because the GPS is a, is a relatively weak signal, um, so it wouldn't take much to overcome that. So if you were basically overriding those, um, you know, the, the drone either doesn't stop working doesn't the motors don't stop working but but the navigation portion of it stops working or the connecting to the base which which is why i think we've seen a lot of these even those bigger ones i i know one of those bigger ones ended up in croatia um i think that may have happened on a on a larger scale with something a little bit more sophisticated to where um that type of of, or, or a jamming was used, uh, the drone lost contact uh, and didn't have some sort of technology to tell it how to work uh, without the presence of GPS. So, you know, without a backup, if it had a backup of GPS uh, and that was jammed, um, what does it do? Well, it just, you know, keeps flying in a direction or whatever till it crashes.
4: Hey, Gurney and Doman, thank you for allowing me to contribute um, I think I'm going to go to bed. Thank you.
5: Thank you, mobster. Thanks for uh, being around, asking good questions, managing the people very well, uh, you know, managing the moderation very well, as per usual. Thank you very much. Um, Gurney, since you brought up the Croatia incident, people might not remember, but back in March, a Tupolev 141, which is a, a very early UAV, it's about 50 years old at this point, 45 years old at this point, um, and it basically looks like a jet fighter crossed with a rocket for anybody who's trying to imagine. Imagine like a, you know, 1960s jet fighter but crossed with a rocket. Um, so the, so that, that crashed just outside of, uh, well, on the outskirts, let's say, of Zagreb, Croatia, the capital of Croatia. It flew across bit of Romania, a bit of Hungary, and then uh, entered Croatian airspace flying at sort of airline velocity, airliner velocity-ish, um, about 500 miles an hour in, in conventional miles, I think, something along those lines. And it was, uh, and it just crashed into a park, and if it had, it had crashed into a building, that could have been very bad. Um. It had crashed into the park and ended up burying itself, God knows how many meters below the the surface uh and it kind of blew up, but it didn't blow up in a way that would you know there wasn't actually an explosive explosion it just shattered because of the great force with which it it ended up in the um in in the into the place um it had also carried some sort of a, an aerial bomb they called it so um I I thought that was quite interesting. So a very conventional drop from from a plane bomb was contained in it. Um, And it's still not confirmed whose it is. The Ukrainian said it's definitely not Ukrainian, which I think is notable. Um, And it has a red star insignia on it. Now, the red star insignia is kind of like, you know, those roundels that... um, Say the RAF has and the US Air Force has. Well, the Soviets just had a red star, just a simple red star with I think that there's a little white gap in it and there's a red star around the red star. Um, the Belarusian Air Force still uses that, by the way. Um, maybe maybe the Russian still does as well. I'm not sure. Gurney, um, does does the Russian Air Force still just use the red star, or have to change it to something else? I know the
7: Belarusians <laughs> still have the red star. <laughs> I'm the Adam. I'm the wrong guy to to ask that. Um, I, do, I don't know. Uh, Air is a little bit, out of, you know, is is much further out of my wheelhouse. Um, but but I can I can talk about that that drone just in very generics. You know what what I what it might have been, or or what it is alleged to have been.
5: Yes, please do. And in the meantime, I'm looking up what uh, Russia uses.
7: So, uh, and again, please, just for the, the, the uh, benefit of the audience, this is out, this is way outside my wheelhouse. So I'm just going to um, give some generic answers uh, to this. Uh, so at first, a lot of people believed it was some sort of, you know, UAV. Um and that was probably a little bit of a misnomer until it was, you know, till, till the age of the device was identified. And the reason I say that is so, so a UAV, something that is, you know, highly controllable, you know, we're thinking providing uh real time, you know, real time sensor data or, or whatever. Um, but people forgetting that a lot of the, um, the original drones um were produced in the in the late 60s and 70s and and they were used for different purposes um some some of it for for training uh, so if there's any Air Force uh, people out there, please come on up here. Uh, but anyways, so th- there was different purposes, but um, somewhere used is, is decoys. So instead of um, flying an expensive plane and pilot uh, into enemy air defenses or probing, uh, they would use these drones uh, for decoys. Uh, and obviously, if you can use a drone for a decoy, if you can that to happen uh you learn very quickly that in your training environment if you need uh to practice you know if you need to fly something uh unpiloted and you need to practice aiming your missiles or targeting it or or having your pilots target this uh you know with with your weapons for destruction uh they're they're very useful for that so um and then uh obviously you know if if they were crudely weaponized, you can also take the the same basic you know seventies era type drone uh and you could sort of weaponize it if you needed to, meaning it could be a decoy um to to you know for your air defenses to focus on or for you to waste uh some missiles at uh but you know it doesn't just have to um it doesn't just have to fly and crash i mean you could basically put a bomb on it uh and fly it into something now am i that's that's the extent of my knowledge on that that's very very basic i don't know if back in the day any of those were able to actually um detach oh good i see uh colonel jeff here he can do this way better than I can. Colonel Jeff, I, I, it's late at night here for us. And I was humoring, uh, our audience here with some questions, but if you could talk to, uh, seventies era drones, uh, I'd be more than happy to uh, relinquish my speaking role.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, all good. Um, so yeah, the, the drone program for the, for the U S military has actually, as you said, has been in existence for a, a very long time um and uh, there were myriad uses of 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 why drones existed for example um the united states navy for a long time under uh, f14s would use a, a thing called a, a talled uh or a tactical air launched uh decoy and uh, they would carry 10 20 of these uh, a, a significant number And then they would shoot them off, and and basically as they came off, they were, (laughs) in essence, gliders uh, that were very effective, and they would fly in. And and what it would do is it would, um, the intent was to try and get the enemy's air defense systems to focus on the strike package that was a bunch of decoys, while an actual strike package on a different axis was coming in uh, trying to protect aircraft. Um, that program actually today actually is morphed into what's called the MALD or the Miniature Air Launch Decoy. Uh, and from our technology and radars, we're actually able to, to make a smaller uh, device look bigger by being able to reflect more RF uh, energy into the, the uh, victim radar. In addition, we also have now MALD j which is a miniature air launch decoy that is a jammer. So in, in, in addition to being a, a, a decoy, it actually has a transmitter that makes the package look even more realistic as a strike package because there's jammers embedded in the strike package. All these things we're gonna uh, will happen off-axis, and then on the main axis, hopefully uh, masked very well, the strike package would come in, in a different way. Uh, I also believe the United States Air Force uses MALDE and MALJ off of F-16s, but I, to, please don't quote me on that. I, I, I don't know if that's actually true. It's made by Raytheon. It's a great project. I, I worked on it in requirements in the Pentagon for, for multiple years, so uh, it's, uh, it's a good thing for us. Um, the other decoys that we've had or other other drones that we've had are, have been continually shot down um, uh, to help our, our uh, fighter pilots. Um, because uh, every so often they actually have to employ a missile uh, and use it to to shoot down something um, or the missile will expire and it's good training. So we'll launch a, a decoy uh, out of um, somewhere in the United States, put it out over the ocean and then send out some young lieutenant to try and find it and shoot it down. Um, so we'd use them that way. Um, uh, you know, none of these were um, as commercialized as, as quad copters become and other drones have become, um, quite, you know, if, if you're uh, interested, uh, general atomics, the story of general Atomics which built the MQ one and the MQ nine predator and Reaper. Um, the owner of that company actually built those two, uh, aerial vehicles, drones, whatever you want to call them, uh, out of his garage. Cause he saw the need. And, uh, Uh, the air force wasn't all that receptive the uh um, other the navy and some other other um parts of the government were very interested and ended up buying them and then that kind of forced the air force into the into start to buy um pilotless if you will uh or seated pilots in the uh, uavs uh into the um into the cockpit so I you know I kind of joined a little bit late um, as an electronic warfare officer I was listening about how to jam this and I, I, I just kind of stayed off the line but uh, I wasn't exactly sure what the question was so I hopefully I kind of touched on it if there's other things that you guys want me to talk about I'm happy to talk about it with drones as well oh. so
1: we were talking about that